Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peach and Carson Gordy here. And here with us to help preview Illinois' matchup on Saturday against Nebraska, we have John Johnson of Corn Nation, part of SB Nation. John, thanks for coming on, man. You're, thank you for having me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about Illini football. Heck yeah, <laughs> love to hear it. So <laughs> Nebraska, rough start to the year. They fire Scott Frost. Uh, Mickey Joseph comes in, and even though there's been a coaching change, it you know has not prevented Nebraska from winning a couple conference games. They've got Rutgers and Indiana under their belts. So, what's it been like covering Nebraska? And it's not roller coaster every year, but just weird year for the Cornhuskers. Wow, what's it like? It's well, put it this way, you know, I I was probably one of the very few people that said Scott Frost should have been fired last year. He got fired this year. Uh, honestly, his record shows that he's the worst Nebraska coach in school history. Uh, it was frustrating, honestly, that they kept him for another year because I think he proved that he really wasn't doing anything. Uh, you know, a little bit over four years, he established a record that was the record itself was one of the worst in Nebraska full school history. But he didn't have a signature win. He didn't beat anybody with a pulse. And I think. For a lot of people, they really supported him because he was a native son and they wanted him to do well. But when you finally when he finally was fired and you look back, you realize he never made any progress whatsoever. A lot of the stuff he was doing is smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of rumors that I will not go into that are not public about what he was doing behind the scenes. Uh, I'd have to use the word allegedly 14 million times in order to not be sued with that stuff. But uh I think the year started out with, uh, you know, the frustrating loss of Northwestern. Now you see, I, Nebraska fans looked at Northwestern and they said, oh, well, they're going to be a good team. Well, Northwestern is not a good team. And, you know, and then we lost to Georgia and Southern. And it was the, the first time that Nebraska had ever lost to an FCS school. And it happened at Nebraska at Memorial Stadium. So I think pretty much the entire fan base said that this is over and done. Let's move on. And I think what you've seen is Mickey Joseph, who also is a former Nebraska player, take over and at least put the team into a mode where they're confident or they're motivated to play football, which is something I think everybody questions. Oklahoma beat the living tar out of us, mostly because, you know, our players were kind of, I, I think they were in limbo. And then, like you said, we came back and beat Indiana. We beat Rutgers. Uh you guys are going to be a, a very tough test for Nebraska. And I we're just all kind of seeing how far can we take this? How much can Mickey Joseph get out of this team and, and the coaches they've kind of kept together and we'll see where it goes. You know, it's, I guess I look at it and I say, we hit rock bottom and now we're on our way back up. I don't know what that means, but you know, the time tells everything. Yeah. You know, Nebraska's still in the running for the West Division title. Like, if they do upset Illinois, like, they will be in first place. What's kind of the mood of Nebraska fans? Like, do they think that upsetting Illinois is realistic, and do they still have some expectations for the season? I think the expectation is Nebraska wants they Everybody wants us to get to a bowl game because we didn't get to a bowl game under Scott Frost. And I think the mood in Nebraska is they want Mickey Joseph to perform well enough to be accepted as a head coach. And the problem with that is he's never, you know, the, the transition to be a head coach is you, you're a position coach and then you're a coordinator and then you're a head coach. And he has only ever been a position coach. 
So he's kind of underqualified. So I think most Nebraska fans are like, could you please win some games so you can be our next coach? And I think I I think the idea that we're going to beat Illinois is uh, it's mixed. I think everybody realistically looks at our football. I, For the most part, I mean, Nebraska fan base is a, a rabid fan base. It really is. We're annoying online to everybody. Uh, but I think we're also realistic when we look at ourselves. We don't have an offensive line that's, it, that is barely functional. You guys are one of the top na- teams in the nation for sacking players. Uh, we can't block anybody. We can't run the ball. We can't protect our quarterback. Uh, our defense is somewhat resembles a sieve. But somehow, somehow there's a lot of people out there like we can still knock off Illinois. You know, God bless them. <laughs> yeah. You know, la- last year, you know, Scott Frost overhauls the entire offensive staff. You know, he brings in Mark Whipple. Do you think that Whipple has been a good addition for Nebraska? And what kind of offense should Illinois expect to see from uh, the Cornhuskers? Most people expect Mark Whipple to be a pass-first coordinator. That's something that in Nebraska I don't know if a lot of us are big fans of. I think that in order in order to play Illinois and gain some yardage and score some points, he's going to have to mix everything up. Uh, right now we have Trey Palmer is the top receiver in the nation. You guys have the best running back in the nation. Uh, I, if we can get the ball to Trey Palmer and he can, you know, outrun your defensive backs, we'll score in 30 seconds every time with the ball. But, you know, that means that we, we protect our quarterback. And if you've seen Nebraska's offensive tackles, they're, I, I don't mean to be mean to these guys, but I mean, you could put a box on the field and it would at least be in the way of defensive players sometimes. <sighs> So what are they going to see? I think they're going to see it mix it up. We do have good running backs. We just don't have a line that can block for them. And we do have good receivers, but it's a matter of whether Casey Thompson, who is a pretty decent quarterback in terms of reads and being able to find receivers, if he has time to throw the ball and he isn't getting hit and hit and hit, he you know will make some yardage. There you go. So with the Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer connection, like you said, he's number one receiver in the nation. Uh, he has more than double the receptions of the second highest on the team, which is Marcus Washington. So what's Trey Palmer's game? Like, is he, you know, only a deep ball guy where he just gets past the corner and, uh, you know, gets big yardage or is he, you know, can he kind of do it all? Is he a good route runner? Like what's that, you know, what's gone into that connection? And also was this connection a surprise for, uh, you know, to see it all because I didn't know the name Trey Palmer coming into the year, and now everyone in the conference knows the name Trey Palmer. I think I, I think it was a surprise to everybody, but Mickey Joseph, who was formerly at LSU and recruited him and brought him to Nebraska, uh, I do think he runs good routes. But on the, where he's been most effective is just uh, it's well, I mean, against Purdue, he just basically outran everybody. And Casey Thompson, when he was able to get him the ball and get him enough yards and, and keep Nebraska in the game, which was kind of surprising since our defense gave up like 600 yards or something. Uh, I Part of that is also Mark Whipple can scheme him open. And the problem with that is uh, everybody knows who he is now. So he's probably going to see a lot of double coverage and a lot of press off the line and a lot of stuff to try to keep him from getting down the field. Uh, we do. Uh, the The good thing is the other name you should know is that 
Travis Vokalek is probably one of the other big threats and he's our tight end. He's a big guy. He's got decent hands. And, you know, he, if you're all, everybody's paying attention to Trey Palmer all the time, he can hurt you. Uh, Marcus Washington, Alante Brown probably haven't got enough. Well, they probably got enough credit, but they are other guys that are very good, uh, very fast. I think they can make plays themselves, but Trey Palmer, Trey Palmer's just been greedy and taking all the balls and scoring. And I, you know, I'm for that. If a guy wants to score a lot, I say, let him. That's what I say. Unless he's your guy, then he doesn't get a score at all. <laughs> so uh, shifting a little bit over to the defense, Nebraska, I believe is averaging 190 rush yards allowed on the ground. Uh, which isn't good. And you mentioned it yourself. Chase Brown is the leading uh, rusher in the nation right now and could be, you know, in line for the Doak Awards. So do you expect, you know, the defense to really struggle with Chase Brown? Like, is that going to be the key for Nebraska's defense to try and keep him in the game? Like this guy has gone off for a hundred yards every single game this year. And this seems like the perfect kind of defense for Chase to go against this weekend. Well, it's not the perfect defense if it's my defense. Uh, I, you know, in order to stop Chase Brown, you got to have a good front seven. And Nebraska honestly doesn't have a good front seven. We lost Nick Heinrich for the year. He was one of our better linebackers. Uh, our defensive line doesn't have a lot of depth. Uh, they, let's be honest. I mean, Scott Frost had some position coaches that were just honestly not, they're not very good position coaches. Our offensive line coach, it's clear that, he is not teaching the players sufficiently what they're doing. And I think that that's true on the defensive side of the ball too. The linebacking coach probably is not doing that well. The defensive line coach is not doing that well. And it's really kind of a put together, I don't know, puzzle with a gob of pieces missing. So yeah, I, the biggest thing about Chase Brown, it, it put it this way. The thing you need to know is this, for some reason, Scott Frost thought that it was a good idea that you never tackled during practices. So our defense went for four years, never really tackling very much during practice. Well, you can't tackle somebody if you're not tackling in practice because you're not used to the physicality of it and you're not used to the angles and you're not used to that stuff. And I know that Chase Brown is a guy that's just going to run over people. If you don't, if he doesn't come up against good tackling, he's going to flatten everybody in front of him. So, you know, my hope is that maybe they just give the ball to him and he scores every time he touches it. He gets really tired from running up and down the field and he's exhausted by like the second half. And then we just go, Oh, well, he's gone. Now maybe we could do something. So, you know, one thing with, you know, Illinois offense this year is that when DeVito gets pressured, you know, he's prone to make mistakes. Like does Nebraska have an avenue of, trying to blitz like do you do you feel like they can get any defensive pressure on Illinois offensive line no <laughs> you know I'd love to I'm supposed to be a homer but the honest to God truth is uh, the honest truth is again it goes back to the front seven if we're going to if we're going to get pressure on DeVito it's going to be through scheme which means we're probably going to have to come bring a defensive back up and, and do something, you know, there. The the thing is, is our defensive coordinator also got fired a little bit after Scott Frost got fired. And it was clear our defensive coordinator wasn't doing a very good job either. 
Our new defensive quarter, Bill Bush, has, I think, gotten the defense to play better than they were capable of under the former guy. But we're still just not there. I don't, you know, unless O'Shawn Mathis was a guy we brought in through the transfer portal and people had a lot of hope in him being able to pressure the quarterback. So he did that somewhat at TCU. But he's done it some, but not enough to really make everybody go yay. I'm not really talking Nebraska up here pretty well, am I? <laughs> hey, you know, you no, got to be uh, you got to be objective. You got to be fair. But know? hey, for an Illini yeah. listening, they're feeling pretty good about Saturday. So, you know, so the point spread, you know, seven and a half. How are you kind of leaning? Do you think Illinois is going to cover? Yeah, I do. I mean, realistically, I, you know, I wish the last game I made a prediction of uh, 45 to 42 Nebraska and I said that Trey Palmer would return a punt for a touchdown. Well, Trey Palmer, you know, got the ball so many times and made so many big plays in the game. It almost came true. Nebraska played well enough to stay in the game. And we're just, we're not a good football team. You know, if we had an offensive line that was functional, if we had a defensive line that was functional, we'd be a decent football team. We wouldn't be good. We'd be probably good enough to win the Big Ten West, maybe. But we're not a good football team. So, uh, I would expect in this game that Illinois, you know, Brett Bellamy is just happy running the ball 83 times a day. That's really what he is. And I, you know, the key here is Nebraska going to slow that down. I don't think so. I could see you guys going on being perfectly happy to go on four drives the last 12 minutes of peace. You score 28 points. We score maybe 17 because we don't get the ball very much. I just, I don't, have a lot of faith that Nebraska is going to play well, which I'm wrong a lot, which means Nebraska is going to win. So nobody should ever bank on anything I say. I, I will say this: <laughs> when you control the run game on both sides of the ball so well, like Illinois does, it makes you a lot more uh, like it, it, it's, it's harder to upset you, you know, like because the run game is so important. And I think that considering Nebraska has obviously a terrible rush defense, Illinois has a great rushing offense and Illinois is, done very well and uh with their defensive line this year that's why i don't think nebraska's gonna end up winning but you said did you say 45 to 17 i i missed your exact number. No, I, 28 17 I, I, I think i in my prediction i said 35 to 21 illinois okay. i think that's okay. probably about right i can see i don't you know is illinois gonna score 35 points against this yeah they will with a turnover and we're probably gonna make one or two turnovers just because casey thompson's gonna be under so much pressure but i don't i just you know if there was any other team like you look at the other teams in the big west everybody's got some problems yeah and it, i I'm, i don't mean to be rude to illinois i don't think you're a great team but i think that they're a well put together team they're well coached they don't make a lot of mistakes and they fill in all the blanks. They have a great running back. They have a pretty decent quarterback, 10 touchdowns, the two interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio. Uh, the receivers don't terrify anybody, but they do enough to be productive. And I think that's that's a winning team. You know, you got a good defensive line. You got a good offensive line. Congratulations. You won the Big Ten West. You know, just call it now. Just do it. You're young. Be bold. Brett Bielema, would live, Brett Bielema would love this if you were, if you were listening. He would he would eat all this up. Um, you really sound well, like a Illini guy right here. Well, maybe maybe he maybe he will be listening. You know, maybe he'll play it in the locker room before the game, and then the Nebraska people will come after me with sticks and pitchforks. 
<laughs> All right. So um, Mickey Joseph is the interim coach right now. And you kind of alluded to it earlier that some people want him to prove himself and stay as the head coach. But, you know, everything that we've read online and been hearing is that they're probably going to go out and get someone else. We've heard names like Lance Leipold, Matt Campbell, Matt Rules come up. Um, Brett Bilma. No, 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 no. You're shocked. See that? that He has, his name has come up. It has come up. You're right. So, you yeah. know, is do you think that there's a guy, you know, it, it's kind of hard to tell since the, it's the middle of the season, right? And there won't be a hire made until later. Do you, you know, think that there's a, a guy that is more likely to be hired over uh, over anyone else? Is it possible that Mickey Joseph does become the permanent head coach? You know, what's kind of the situation with the head coach looking like? I, it's the thing that everybody wants to talk about. Honestly, I haven't paid that close attention to it just because it is, I mean, we're not going to announce a new head coach till probably the end of November, right? So why bother with it now? It gives Trev Alberts time to do a search. It also gives time for us to see, can Mickey Joseph actually do this job? I mean, this is a Nebraska job. This is what we live for, for God's sakes. You know, we it it that this is the ego of the state of Nebraska, whether that's good or bad, that's what it is. So I, you know, my hope is that Mickey Joseph can. Oh boy, I've never been pinned down this much. I I like a number of these guys. Okay. I like Lance Leopold from Kansas. I think that he's shown that he can he has not only uh, a winning formula as a coach, I mean, my God, Kansas, for God's sakes, and he surrounds himself with good coaches that are around him. And I think that's a key. Uh, I like Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, the shines come off of Matt Campbell at Iowa state. He's losing more games. I think he's shown to develop players. Uh, you know, Bill O'Brien's name is like you said, there's gobs a name. I guess I look at Mickey Joseph and I think, you know what, if this guy, if this guy can take this, honest to God, horrible situation he's been put in and he can get this team to a bowl game. I'm kind of in like in the position of, well, why not try him? I mean, you could just go pay the next. I basically, I'll be blunt. Scott Frost stole $40 million from the University of Nebraska. Okay, that's just blunt. That's the honest to God truth. And if you look at Mickey Joseph, I mean, can you do worse than that? Just theft? No. So I, if Mickey Joseph can get this team to a bowl game, you know, five and seven, I think that's some kind of miracle working. Maybe he deserves a shot at the job, but he will have to surround himself with very, very good coordinators and guys that are much more experienced than him. And I think the key here is this. Mickey Joseph is doing everything he possibly can to get this team to play well. He's doing everything he can to endear himself to the people in Nebraska I mean, one of my guys last night said that the, he, he's a one of my guys is rights for my website said their team is going to the eight man football state playoffs. Mickey Joseph called him on the phone to wish him luck in playoffs. That That's a coach that's making he, he's not acting like an interim coach. He's acting like I am going to be here and be the guy. And how many coaches just take the time out of the day to call high school coaches and say, hey, look with your team. But the previous guy never did ever. So are you going to look at Mickey Joseph and say, well, good luck. You know, I think the key is everybody in Nebraska wants Mickey Joseph to stay at Nebraska because of the potential he may provide. And, you know, I kind of hope he gets it done. It'll be interesting if nothing else. Yeah. There you go.
I mean, I mean, it's a, it's funny because all the things you're saying is like when Illinois fired Lovey Smith, he wouldn't recruit the state of Illinois. He was not active. And then Brett Bielema comes in. And the first thing he did was have like every single high school football coach in the state called like, that's pretty cool. So good for Mickey Joseph. Yeah. Um, so the fan base obviously still seems pretty pumped up. Nebraska sells out every single game, right? So uh, we're not going to the game. We do know some people going to the game. Should we expect, you know, a packed Memorial Stadium? Is the scene is going to be just as good as it always is in Lincoln, even though, you know, there's a there's a losing record through the middle of the year? I think, yeah. I mean, the stadium would be packed just because, uh, you know, there's the Nebraska fans argue about the solid streak, whether it's fake or real. But, you know what, the stadium would be packed. That's it. This is what we do as Nebraskans. I alluded to this earlier when I said good or bad, it's the ego of the state of Nebraska. I mean, when you think about the state of Oklahoma, what do you think of? When you think about football, you don't think about red clay or, I don't know, covered wagons or some oil. You don't think about oil. You think about football, right? Think about Nebraska. What do you think about? Well, hopefully football. You guys are young and we have sucked for a while. So maybe not football. Maybe you just think it's a blank place in the universe. Like, what is that? It's not Nebraska. It's a black hole. But the games, the game, people will be at the game. And it should be a fun environment. Here's the key to this. Nebraska fans treat opposing fans much better than they do ourselves. We can all get into arguments with ourselves about like the next head coach or how the offense is being run. But when opposing fans come to town, they're always treated well. It's unless they're like Texas. And I mean, normally everybody gets along with them. So they should have a great time and uh, the people should welcome with open arms. And I think people will be just, you know, excited to see that, uh, I like I said, we hit rock bottom earlier, and now we're not at rock bottom anymore. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for you. Uh, John, okay. Corn Nation, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, hope you enjoy the game. Hope Maybe your Corn Huskers will pull out a couple uh, get wins this year, get to a bowl game, but we'll see. Mickey Joseph, man. I, I like what I'm hearing about him. He's uh, He seems yeah. like... I mean, he's doing everything right. That's yeah. the thing. If he wouldn't have been handled such a bad situation, I think that Nebraska would be, I mean, if he was even if he was even given, somebody just walked up and said, I'll give you two offensive tackles that can actually block, we would be, we'd be, we would be winning the Big Ten West. I'll just make that bold prediction instead of you guys. <laughs> All right. All right, John. Thank you for coming on, man. We appreciate it. All right. You guys take care. Yep, you too. See you later. Bye. All right, John Johnston, Coronation, uh, really knows the team, seems enthusiastic, yeah. had a lot of good things to say about Illinois and why Illinois is probably going to win this game. Uh, and I think I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much ripped apart the offense and defensive line, and that's yeah. the key to winning Big Ten West games. Like, it sounds like Chase Brown can have a pretty productive day. Yeah. Like, Chase Brown can yeah. get 150 yards and really control the clock. And that's going to be important, keeping, you know, Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer off the field because yeah. they do hit big plays. Like against Purdue, they put up 37 points. But this Illinois defensive line, they're going to get more pressure than Purdue did. So if they can rattle Casey Thompson, get a couple sacks, and allow Chase Brown to control, you know, the game on the ground, we could see a game very similar to, like, Minnesota. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, like, could Nebraska win this game? Absolutely. Like, they can win this game. Yeah. They're home. Their offense is playing better. But like I said before, and like I've been saying on the radio all week, when you control both sides of the rush game so well, it makes you so less prone to an upset. 
And Illinois had three straight games against Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, who were supposed to be very good on the D-line with their rush defense. And now you have Chase Brown going against the worst rush defense in the entire conference. But against those three teams before, he had over 100 yards in each game. So it it just makes me think, like, Chase Brown is going to have a field day. I don't think he's going to get 40 touches. No way. Reggie, you know, there's no bye week. He might get more like 20. Uh, Reggie loves, you know, going to get in there. And of course, if McCray is back, right. Roma's going to want to give him some carries. But how about just the rush game in general? I think we'll have a field day probably. Yeah, you know, I think Josh McCray is going to get 15 carries. I think, I you know, know that. you don't think he can get 15? I'll give him five or 10. I think they'll ease him in a lot of red zone oh, touches 10. probably. Like he's going he's gonna to get some carries to try to help Chase Brown take off the load because, you know, Chase Brown's been getting 35 carries, 40 carries. I mean, he's getting beat up. Like, there was a reason why that he did not get touched during practice in the previous week. You know, Chase Brown's going to be fine. Yeah. So it's going to be important to use probably three different running backs to get a sizable amount of carries. And then for DeVito, hopefully that opens up the play-action pass for him. You know, hit, you know, Pat Bryant down the field, get Isaiah Williams open in space. And this Illinois team could probably put up 35, maybe even 40 points if they had to. I totally agree. I, I think you hit on it perfectly, Carson, because DeVito's been very good with these QB options this mm-hmm. year, right? He's, you know, that's honestly where he's succeeded in the passing game. He's very good at, you know, giving his receivers a little bit more time to get open. And he did that against proven defenses. Yeah. Where Nebraska is a proven defense, proven that they're not very good no. in the passing game or the rushing game. Like I said, 190 yards they give up on average on the ground, and it's over 200, 291 in the air. I mean, Northwestern had a field day yeah. through the air against them. And Norinsky won Offensive Player of the Week, and that yeah. dude has not had a good year since then. Yeah, and that's the thing with Nebraska. Like, I know he kind of wants Mickey Joseph to potentially get the job, but if you're in Nebraska, you got to start fresh. Yeah, You got to get a new head coach. You got to get a Bill O'Brien. You got to pay the bank to get Lance Leopold in there. Like, Nebraska needs a culture change. Yeah. Because the way that they are developing the offense and defensive line – you can't compete against Ohio State. You can't compete against Iowa, Wisconsin, and now Brett Bielema Illinois. Yeah. If I'm Nebraska, and I've been thinking about this more, because we've been talking about this for, what, five, six weeks now, mm-hmm. I think Matt Rule just fits so perfectly in there. I don't know if he takes it, though. Exactly. I don't, I don't know yeah. if he takes it. But, I mean, just, like, if he's going to take a job, though, like, he'd have all of the, you know – fan base and booster support in the mm-hmm. world like yes they've been down lately but they do have tradition they've been recruiting well is the thing and we know what rule can do when he has talent with them like look at what he did to baylor yeah. i think it would be the perfect fit maybe he'll take no it i i agree but... like if there's a job that's open like i would take nebraska over auburn because of the high expectations yeah. at auburn having competing against georgia and alabama and you got texas and oklahoma coming into yeah like, oklahoma hasn't been very good but the situation is just so much better in the big 10 one and nebraska West, nebraska me. recruits well like scott frost yeah. has talent the problem was he brought all of his ucf coaches over to nebraska you know they weren't productive at developing talent and they choked in close games the talent's there. Like, they're probably the most talented team in the West Division. They just need a guy that can run a disciplined program. Yeah. So you get a Matt Rule, you get a Lance Leopold, they're going to win eight, nine games with their eyes closed. Yeah, I think so, too. It, it's interesting to see if Rule, you know, I, I think Jim Leonard's going to be the coach of yes. Wisconsin. With that being said, you wouldn't be surprised if someone chose Nebraska over Wisconsin, just who's a little older and has seen what Nebraska can do when they have a good coach on their hands. Because even under Bo Pelini, they were winning games. Yeah. It just wasn't national champion level, exactly. which is so hard to do nowadays with Georgia and Alabama. But no, uh, it, back to Illinois-Nebraska. If Illinois doesn't turn the ball over, I think they might win this game by two or three touchdowns. 
I mean, they could. I mean, Minnesota, yeah. you know, it was, 20, it was 26-14, but that game could have been 38-7. to you Which know? we kind of say about every game, by the way. But for Minnesota, I mean, they outgained by 300 total yards of offense. Yeah. Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if Illinois shows up and doesn't have a sloppy game like they did against Indiana, it's very possible that Illinois can just control the game from kickoff. Right. And, you know, you shouldn't have – I mean, the score probably should have been – 26 to 7 or 26 to 10 but that it was that special teams the special teams and not succeeding in the red zone exactly yeah. so you know the illinois had the uh bye week i guess it's still called in nebraska their second bye week this year before nebraska to prep i'm sure that they addressed some of those red zone issues the media has been talking about yeah. it Bielema and lundy both addressed it on their own in their press conferences so i expect them to get it down like i said it wasn't a play calling thing i think it's just execution by the players and that comes with time so yeah, I mean, I'm going to look for Chase Brown to go north of 150. Maybe again, DeVito, hopefully, if he can't turn the ball over, I expect Illinois to possibly put up 30, 40 points. Yeah, uh, I think Illinois is going to win 31-17. I'm going to go with, I think on the radio uh, the other day, I went with 34-13. to 13. And I think I'm going to have the same score for them. I'm going to go 34-17. I don't think... You know, Nebraska might score early. They might score some garbage time touchdowns if uh, mm-hmm. Illinois puts in their second stringers. I could see Nebraska scoring on the first drive and Illinois being just fine, just like they were against Wisconsin. Yeah. So I think Mark Whipple's legit. I think he is too. And I think Casey Thompson has an incredibly talented arm. If Illinois hasn't really seen a mobile quarterback like him. No, nope, they haven't. So we'll see what they can do against him. But all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Huge shout out to John Johnson for coming on. I thought he was awesome. Uh, game on Saturday, ABC 2.30. We'll be back with the recap pod after the game. Thank you for listening. This has been the Daily Illini Sports Podcast.